It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This Locked On Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals plus free shipping on your first box, and free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is the Locked On Auburn Podcast. Fuller studio than normal today. Zach Blackerby, Painter Sharpless, and Justin Ferguson with The Athletic, as well as both you guys hosting the lunch break on ESPN 106.7. So we're... Uh, we're over one scrimmage into fall camp now. So it's kind of like we're starting to get in somewhat of a routine with football getting closer and closer. And uh, Peter, you and I briefly talked about, you know, kind of just your thoughts on Malzahn's statements uh, on yesterday's show. But Justin, uh, what, what are your takeaways based on, one, what Gus said mm-hmm. yesterday, and then two, kind of what you've heard um, through sources and, and, and all that? Yeah, I think the big takeaway yesterday is that you can take a lot of positives from it and you can also take a lot of negatives from it. It's about 50-50 because just of the nature of the scrimmage. Um, Defense usually dominates offense early. Defense is about more than effort than execution. Offense is more about execution than effort. Mm -hmm. It's easier to do effort earlier in the year than than execution. Um, And the defense is going to be really good this year. The offense has two freshman quarterbacks trying to lead it. Uh, a lot of injuries right now at wide receiver. Um, so it's not going to look the best right right off the bat. But my big takeaway was uh, Auburn's defense sounds like it's going to be pretty good. Sure. And Auburn's offense is going to be, like we thought, a work in progress. It's not time to panic, but just it's time to probably be a little bit more realistic about this offense. You mentioned the word effort. Do you have the the audio of, of Gus talking about how this the scrimmage is going to be evaluated on effort and Auburn standards I don't have that cut up I have other things he says that are related but not I know what you're referencing not that specifically and and it may have been it may have been your tweet that I read on the air when I was filling in for you guys on the lunch break Mm -hmm. Uh, but I was just like what does that mean I I think he meant by saying like it's going to be graded well on effort like saying that but of course right yeah he was saying that you know the execution wasn't great especially on the offensive side of the ball 
But the effort was there, and and, and in your first scrimmage, you're going to want to have effort. You're not going to bring 100% every single practice. And um, I think he was at least pleased with the offense that they were at least pushing and straining hard, even though it didn't look pretty against that first-team defense. So uh, I've seen some places say that there were two interceptions, one by Javaris Davis, one by Smoke Monday. I've also heard that that Bo Nix threw three interceptions. What are are you hearing? Three interceptions. Okay. and it Do you was, think it was on purpose that Malzahn said two and just like uh, he forgot the third one? I mean, or, or, uh, I think it might have been. I, I I don't think he forgot. I think it might have tried to clean it up a little bit. I think okay. I think some of the portrayal of what Malzahn said of the offense yesterday got cleaned up a little bit from what it was. Like he didn't come out right out and say, "Hey, they didn't score until the final." You know, the first team offense didn't score on the first team defense until the final possession. But you find that out, and you're like, ah. So that was a really, it was a really rough. It was a beatdown. Yeah, it was. It, it wasn't even close in terms of that. And yeah, three interceptions is what I heard. The the one you said, uh, Javaris Davis uh, pick six off a of deflection, smoke Monday coming over the top, uh, making a great play. Who got uh, the third one? That do, I don't do we know. know. That I don't okay. know. Um, I'm. I think others. Do may, we know who fumbled? Uh, no, but we know it was a wide receiver on a catch and run. Okay. Um, and then had another uh fumble that go the from a running back that went out of bounds. Which running back that was? We don't know. No specifics, and I don't know if the specifics necessarily matter as much at this point as as it does. One, and you can look at it two days. One, Auburn's defense has made such a huge emphasis on getting turnovers this off season, and it's good to see that they are doing that uh in practice, and that's kind of been a theme throughout the off season. And number two, Auburn wanted a much cleaner day than they had yesterday. Yeah, they knew the defense was going to be better than the offense yesterday. Everybody, everybody knew that going in. I think the big problem, though, for Auburn coming out of yesterday is they just needed they needed to have a much cleaner practice, and and they didn't get it. There was a lot of there was a lot of messiness uh, for, from the offense. I think there was one that it went off the uh, receivers, you know, had a chance to catch it, and it went off. And then the other one was uh, the safety made a great play, uh, you know, on it right there. So you know, hey, really good that our defense, uh, you know, had an outstanding day and getting turnovers. That's that's a focus for us, and uh, they did a super job with that. And then we had the one fumble uh, that they got to after a guy had a catch. We had a catch and, and a fumble. They stripped the ball. It was really nice. And I think if you look at uh, – if you kind of read between the lines a little bit, I think the um, – and I haven't been able to confirm this 100%, but I had heard that, that the third interception was also off a of deflection as well. So wide receivers didn't have a great day yesterday. A little bit of that to be expected. Um, Eli Stove and Will Hastings didn't participate. We know Anthony Schwartz is out. It, it's a, but, it's but a, if those three guys play – the storyline's probably still the same, though, right? I just oh, yeah, can't yeah, see yeah. those guys changing the narrative yeah, of no, the defense I, didn't nominate. But you know? I'm saying, listen, you, without those guys, you're having to, on the first team, you're having to rely on guys to step up and who, guys who don't have a ton of experience. Now, I think a good good news for a couple of those guys is that Matthew Hill had a touchdown reception. I think he had the first team touchdown. Uh, Cheddar Jackson had a touchdown reception. And I heard that uh, Marquise McClain uh, had a pretty decent day as well. So, Painter, you and I were discussing yesterday your uh, – you know, you, you were listening a lot to what Nick Coe had to say, mm. and he said something along the lines of, he, they gave up a touchdown, yeah. but it wasn't really a touchdown. He, he was cracking me up, by the way, yesterday. Yeah, he's gotten a whole lot more comfortable in front of the media, and good it's, for it's, him. it's fun. He's got, a, he's got a really good personality, and he's I think he's just a little bit more comfortable put, putting it out there. Yeah, he, Do you know what he was referring to, though? I think he was, I think he was mentioning that he thought that the play that ended up being a touchdown was a sack. 
like it should have been whistled down quickly. It was a screen pass. Oh yeah, it was a screen pass. So it might have been one of those things where it was like, hey, we got to him early, and they're like, no, it's a screen pass so that you're supposed to come up on him quick. And it was like the quick whistle that they had had throughout practice wasn't uh-huh. necessarily happening at that point, and they were able to score off of it. Good news though for Auburn that uh, Matthew Hill got to be able to make some plays in space. That they're going to probably need that, uh, especially if Schwartz is out early in the year. Do you think that's the guy that benefits the most as far as targets and attention in the offense is Matthew Hill? I think I think he gets I think he gets more reps and I think it's just you're gonna have to rely on Eli Stove a lot more until Schwartz gets back if you're looking at that flanker. You're position. still not worried about the knee with uh, Eli Stove. I mean, they're they're being very careful with him. I think they're being overly careful. He looked good in the spring and I think he's looked good in the fall. I think they're just like anytime it feels not a hundred percent or if there's a tweak or anything, they're gonna say we don't we don't need to try that. Uh, you had some folks tweeting at you. One of them's a caller on our show, The Lunch Break, and they were kind of almost poking a little bit about the responsibility of Gus Malzahn and the offense. And, and I wondered if that was something that you felt like it was worth elaborating on, because there are definitely yeah. people complaining about Do Gus Malzahn. Do you have Malzahn. that audio? Um, which one? Of Gus saying, if I was a coordinator, I wouldn't be I, w- I wouldn't be smiling right now. I don't have it cut yet, but yeah. I'll work on that. No, I'm just saying, like, because that I think you have to get it in context. He was saying, you know, the question was asked, "Hey, you're a head coach now. You know, usually, you know, back in the day with you, a bad day for the offense, you'd be just, you know, tearing things up about being mad about how it yeah. was." And he was like, "Hey." You know, I'm a head coach now. Yes, he's very much responsible for the offense, but big picture wise, I like it that our defense is that good right now. That is a that is a positive sign for me. And so he, he said, if I was just a coordinator, I wouldn't be smiling right now. And everybody was like, wait, you are the coordinator. No, he's not. Kenny Dillingham's the coordinator. He's the offensive play caller. He's very responsible in the offense. Was he calling out Dillingham at all, you think? There? No, no. He was just saying, hey, you know, if I was just focused on offense, it would have been a bad day for me. But I'm the head coach, and I'm talking about my team as a whole, and that's a that's a thing. No, you. What do we do? I mean, I don't think you, there'd be anything to get mad at Dillingham for. I me, mean, Malzahn called the plays in, in the scrimmage, so yeah. Um, I know. I think it was just a, a sense of hey, looking big picture, I could take some positives from this because I'm the head coach and I'm not just on you know the offensive side of the ball. No, no, no it's a function of it's a function of every, everybody. It wasn't it wasn't offensive line offensive line last year they, they took their lumps and all that and I'm going to tell you right now I really feel strong our offensive line this year will will be very solid and have a chance to be really good so it's just a matter of there was a lot of a lot of different moving parts out there and you know the thing about it when you play good defense all 11 guys got to be on the same page and they got to be doing the right thing and and everything has to be clean and most most plays ever all 11 wasn't clean you know maybe nine and two not and ten and one but when you're playing a good defense it's got to be 11 but the good thing from our standpoint is as coaches we're going to be able to go in that film room get everybody in a room and see why a play worked or didn't work and the key is the good the good offenses come back the next time they respond and they get it corrected so at the start of that he talked about the offensive line he thinks they're going to be a solid group in mm-hmm. conference play this year what do you think a realistic timeline is? And we're not going to be able to know anything because all these scrimmages are closed. But as far as where Auburn needs to be, should uh, do you think it's a realistic belief that they'll have everything set up by Oregon on the offensive line, or yeah. just in, oh yeah, they've got they've got it set. I mean, they they're going to have their first team lined up like they not not as far as personnel, uh-huh. as far as execution. Consistent yeah, I, execution. I, I, I think so. I think, I, I mean, they're going to get better as the season goes. Like any offense line, you're going to get better as the season goes on. But I think there's going to be a noticeable difference this year um, from the very beginning just because these guys have been 
next to each other a ton and they've and they've worked at it and the chemistry and uh you know what's the other word i'm looking for here chemistry is probably the best way to put it, it, it continuity so, yeah, I mean, as far yeah as continuity yeah, it's so important yeah. on the offensive line you know you run the numbers from when auburn brings back a ton of offensive line experience they're usually a much better team that, i mean that happens for a reason and those that unit is very confident they feel like they they know each other pretty well i think the big thing for auburn's offensive line right now in the offseason uh, in the rest of preseason camp is getting depth that they can rely on much more than getting that first team ready um because i think the first team is going to be ready to roll uh they've had good practices i don't necessarily i mean from the way it sounded yesterday talking to Derek brown and, and nick co it didn't sound like the defensive line just ran wild on them yesterday um the defense played really well as a whole as you would probably expect but it wasn't like they were constantly just beating them up in pass protection or anything like that so i think the offensive line you know, could have had a quote unquote decent day amidst all of the problems. I think Auburn's bigger problems yesterday were was was coming through the passing game. You're listening to the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA. And now through June 30, get zero percent APR for 84 months, or up to thirty-three hundred dollars off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So I've seen a lot of different articles about competition at punt returner. Yes. How important is that in your mind? And Do you think there's a big discrepancy as far as the, the guys that took punts yesterday? No, I don't think there's a huge discrepancy at all. I think they're putting Javaris Davis out there first most of the time we've seen him and Gus Lissom first because he's the experienced guy. He makes a lot of sense there. But Matthew Hill and, and Christian Tutt were both very good punt returners in high school. Um, Matthew Hill uh, was, was a fantastic one in the state of Georgia. If you may remember, he had the Under Armour All-American game where he returned a punt for a touchdown and then kicked the ball in the crowd. Um, he's that type of playmaker. <laughs> Christian Tut, likewise, was a very, very strong punt returner, also from the state of Georgia. Who, who was? Christian Tut. What's his full name? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> quick quick feet. Quick feet and downhill, baby. Quick feet. Um he uh he was a really good punt returner as well. I, Javaris Davis makes is 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 really interesting to me because Davis strikes me as more of a kick returner type than a punt returner type. But if he can if he can be slippery, you know he's got the speed that if he finds a seam he's going to be able to take off. He's he's the third fastest player on the team, and at Auburn, third fastest on the team would be fastest on a lot of other teams. That's true. That's true. It puts you behind Schwartz and Shivers. Yeah, and so there's zero elite. shame in that uh, whatsoever. So who's your favorite to win that spot, if you had to guess right now? I would put Matthew Hill back there or Christian Tut. I think Javaris Davis who? makes uh, Matthew Hill quick, or who? Quick, quick feet. Um, I think either one of those guys – I think either one of those guys is, is probably the better fit just because of their experience to be at punt return. It's different playing in the, in the SEC – I like both of those guys, but I mean, they keep throwing Javaris Davis back there for a reason, and they were testing uh, Noah Benogany back there early in camp. Um, but I think I think those two guys really stand out to me. I, I think Tut probably is the one where you you think he has maybe a little bit of an edge because he was the guy last year running those dummy punt returns and the and the two man sets with uh, with Ryan Davis a good bit last season. So KJ Downhill Britt did not participate yesterday. Nope. 
Do we have audio for it? Briefly. Yeah, let's play it first. It, it was, it was, uh, they, they did a good job against the run. I thought the run fits were real good. But the thing I'm excited about most is, is the turnovers. Attacking the football and breaking on the football and, and getting after it. I mean, that's, that's, um, that's been a focus too. Was KJ Britt up? Did he no, he, he, he didn't scrimmage. Uh, he'll be back. Uh, I think he'll be back the next day or two, but he didn't scrimmage. And I don't know what the specifics are of KJ Britt's uh, issue, but it really kind of kind of digging into what what's looking at him the other day might Who, be his issue. KJ Britt downhill. Um, it might be a might be a concussion because really. Um, he wasn't limping. He was. He didn't have any braces on. He didn't have anything like that. They had the sunglasses. He had the sunglasses on out, out outside. It didn't look like he had necessarily anything that was like limiting him physically with like the limbs. It, it looked more like he. I mean, you wouldn't have been able to tell that he. He was hurt. He was hurt. Yeah. And so when I see that, I my, my the light goes off in my head, and I think that that might be a concussion. Now I don't know if that's for sure. I don't know if anybody's reported that as a concussion yet or not. Um, if it was that a, was what I, I mean, that could, was what could I they thought. be precautionary though? With you know, if it was a wrist or you know something like not as major as a knee or you know maybe yeah. like shoulder soreness or something like that. It, it could have been something like that, but I think I think the way he was kind of moving that was the first thing I thought of when I saw the sunglasses and, that makes I, sense. and, yeah. I, saw, and I saw him around. I was like, okay, might that might be what is, and, and that also kind of explains why they were like, yeah, he might be out here for the scrimmage. Okay, no, no, he's not. He might be back the next couple of days because you got to go through all the protocol and stuff like that, and, the, and those things change. Brains don't necessarily uh, get back together again at the same speed as, as everyone else's. And you want to make sure that uh, for the long term, you're. Uh, and they know what they've gotten him. They, yeah. I mean, he's 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 going to be your starting middle linebacker, and and they're they're very confident in him. I would I would prefer that they uh, err on the side of not rushing a guy back from a concussion. Yeah, like right. as much as we've if, learned if in the last decade. Now, uh, sure, if, yeah, if that's what they, it he is. hasn't come out and said that. Yeah, you're listening to the Locked On Auburn podcast. It's Kubota Orange Day. Shop the year's best selection of Kubota tractors, zero-turn mowers, and utility vehicles, including the number one selling compact tractor in the USA, and now through June 30. Get 0% APR for 84 months, or up to $3,300 off select compact tractors. See the details at KubotaOrangedays.com. Your family, your land, and your livestock deserve equipment they can count on. So find your local dealer today. That's KubotaOrangedays.com. So with KJ Britt out, have you heard you know which linebackers stepped up yesterday? Because it sounds like they had a pretty good day. Uh, Chandler Wooten would be the guy right behind him, at middle linebacker. Um, continuing to hear really good things about about Owen Papo and and, and Zacoby McLean. I think Zacoby McLean, and we talked about him a good bit this uh, this off season. And I feel like I was kind of the chainsaw. Yeah, I, I I thought I felt like I was kind of pumping him up maybe more than a lot of other people were. I think Painter might have asked me that at one point, like, why Why am I hearing that? Or it might have been you. Yeah. Like, why Why are you? Why am I hearing it mostly from you? Um, but I think he's he's also doing really well. That, 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 four, that four-man group at linebacker, it's going to be really fun. They're going to be able to mix and match, and uh, they, uh, they, should be, they should be a really good unit. Even without K.J. Britt, you know, in, in a scrimmage, they, they'll be able to kind of move around and play a lot of different spots, and I think they did that yesterday. Run fits were big. It didn't seem like Auburn got a whole lot of success well, and, on the ground. And DJ Williams was a, a, another guy that sat out yesterday. Yep. Uh, your thoughts on the freshman? 
Uh, do we do we know do we know yeah, why? Well, it's his shoulder. Uh, okay. he, he he had shoulder 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 surgery mm-hmm. in the off season. That's a tough one. He had shoulder surgery in the off season. He's been uh, he's been limited. He's been in a non contact jersey. So most of the time, if you've been in a non contact jersey in practice, they will pull you off of a scrimmage. So Malzahn said yesterday that uh, they were going to try to get him back to one hundred percent. He feels like he'd be back to one hundred percent before the start of the season. You know, we'll we'll see over the next week how how he progresses. So looking at some Auburn-related sporting news outside of the scrimmage, and we'll get to the logo in a second, but uh, former uh, former Auburn running back Cam Petway, hired by Central. Yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a really good move for him. Um, he's gone from coaching at Pravel to coaching at Park Crossing to, co- to coaching at Central Phoenix City in a, in a short amount of time. And um, He's teaching history, and his classroom's like three classrooms down from, uh, from my wife's. Oh, that's, there you go. Central, yeah. Uh, Petway, I mean, it, that's a really good fit for him. Of course, he's got the tie with with Jamie Dubos over right. there at, at at Central, and Central might be a top ten team in the country heading into the season. They're like, really they're gonna, good. They're going to be really <laughs> and good. They'll they're have that really game good. against Hoover to start things off. So you yeah. essentially like hands down the two best teams in the state. It's yeah, be two of the best teams in the country. I think both those teams are going to be like top twenty teams nationally this year. Uh, <laughs> and then looking at NFL stuff, Corey Grant got cut by the Packers yesterday on Thursday, depending on when you're listening to this. But he, he signed a one-year $895,000 deal, and he got a signing bonus of sixty grand. So he so worked he for like two 60 weeks. Grand, yeah. <laughs> he you made take that. $60,000. Like, oh. All right, it's hard to feel, feel for the guy like that. I think that. It'll somebody, somebody will pick him up. With that speed, I yeah. mean, I, I think that's worth a roster spot somewhere. Yeah, for sure. You know, and he was battling injuries for a while. It seems like he's healthy now. But. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, last night... Jarrett Stidham mm-hmm. with the New England Patriots throwing his first uh, first career uh, touchdown pass on on his, uh, on his first drive on his birthday on his birth I didn't realize Big it was day. his birthday till uh, this morning I didn't realize mm-hmm. it yesterday but pretty he looked cool. good he looked good there several rookie quarterbacks last night looked pretty good I know Kyler Murray uh, got a lot of love Daniel Jones even Daniel Jones Daniel was getting Daniel in the action Jones. I know he played barely at all, but uh, he he looked good in, during the, during that time. And yeah. yeah, I think Stidham was right there up uh, right up there with uh, rookie quarterbacks yesterday, yeah. looking pretty good. Yeah, and, and a lot of those young guys that New England didn't expect to do well are performing really well for, as far as wide receivers. So, kind of as far as keeping an eye on Ryan Davis, yep. I think it's going to be kind of tough for him to make the team. But obviously, pulling for him. But we'll see. We'll see what happens. He really fits that mold with them. Uh, all right, so yeah, let, let's talk about the logo. Okay. I, I know all of you have seen stuff on Twitter. The, the majority, if you change anything with how things look, a lot of people are going to be upset. What are y'all's thoughts on it? Big fan of it, actually. You like I, it? I, I didn't care much for like the the AU the way it has been for quite some time now. I always thought that the bottom of the U is sort of rounded out and like chubby. Um, and I like the way that the, the A is more emboldened. Uh, I actually would would be okay if. The university had just gone like to the old school, like really bold single A, but I don't think they'll ever do that. Nah. So because of that, I feel like this is moving closer in the direction of what I personally like. Um, and also, I know that people are kind of making jokes about like the name of the font, but like the new font, Saban, is that how you say it? Yeah, like, so I think that's what it's like. It's S-A-B-O-N is the name of the font. And and I like that as well, like the way it's A-U-B-U-R-N is actually written out. So I'm actually a, a big fan of this because it... And my, it matches. Yeah, and my personal preference is, is that the A be like the part of the logo that really pops. Yeah. I'm just kind of surprised that they did anything at all. I, well... If, if, if I could pick, they, I'd probably pick for them to not change it just because that's kind of who I am. But 
I, I don't have an issue with them changing it. I'm just surprised yeah. that they thought it was worth going through all of this because they, they knew backlash was going to come from so it. So I said the same thing last night, and Brandon Marcello, who who reported the, the change first, he yeah. mentioned to me that um, on Twitter that Notre Dame, North Carolina, both did something similar recently where they you know, changed up the spacing between the N and the D and the N and the C in North Carolina. I was like, okay. oh, yeah, I remember that happening, and I and, – Again, it looks fine. I think it just when you look at an Auburn logo over and over and over again, any sort of change is going to be like, okay, this is this is a little bit interesting. And then my uh, my my sister's husband, my brother in law, um, yesterday or this morning actually told me he's a Kentucky fan. He said, well, Kentucky did the exact same thing a couple of years ago as well. Interesting. So I think it's a streamlining thing. Uh, some people on Twitter were telling me it'll look better when you like resolution wise. It'll be easier to scale and put on, um, you know different kind of material merchandise different logo different different spots like that so i think i think it's just kind of part of a trend with a lot of college college teams and a sport and the universities they represent um that they're trying to go in this way because so much of it now is you got to have that logo to be very very versatile and mm-hmm. i think auburn's isn't necessarily the most versatile and this one would look more that way well that definitely makes sense right yeah. I, I think the a for me just pops like now you're looking a lot less at the u and I, the, the white space looks nice like they're all little details that most people won't notice it's interesting that you note that like on digital stuff and on mm-hmm. certain pictures yeah i didn't realize that that but it one does of, make sense one but, of my yeah. one of one of the people who followed me on twitter pointed that out to me last night i was like oh, okay i didn't know it so yeah i put it out there like everybody else i was like like people forget about it i don't know why they did this and then I kept getting more and more replies. It was like, okay, that makes sense. And what oh, will that happen makes sense. Oh, that makes sense. 20 years or 30 years, like it'll get tweaked again and people will freak out then and then we will move along. I like the, I like so, the change though. Right. I like the change though, the font though, because it, it, the copper plate Gothic bold, which is what the, what the font is. Um, the Warriors use the same font. Never made sense for Auburn because it didn't match the A and the U in the, in the logo at all. It was like, it was like you made it a logo and then you just tacked on something off to the side. And so this one, it makes it more streamlined. It's kind of sleek, I think. And and it looks more, it looks more, um, you know, it looks more cohesive as a brand than, you know, what, what Auburn's done in the past. Whenever you're going to do that, whoever gets the final say on that, I mean, that's a decision to make. That's a big decision. I mean, props to them for being able to yeah. pull That's a lot of on people on a lot of money. Yeah, I was going to say the branding of your university is uh, not something to take lightly, even yeah. though we're sort of making jest about the fact that it's we're going to move on and forget about it. Like, there are people who whose jobs definitely revolve around these types oh, of decisions. Yeah, it's a big deal. Also, people, I saw this this morning, people are freaking out, like, why are they doing this? This is just going to be a waste of money when they have to replace everything. It's like, come on, y'all. Like, they, there's a lot of money that comes in and out of the university. Yes, Auburn is, you know, I had somebody say somebody say it was like, well, why are they doing this when they still need to make progress on the um, on the football <laughs> facility? I'm like, whoa, hold on, this is two totally different <laughs> different avenues. And also, it's pretty free to change a lot of what your logos are. All you gotta do online is just bloop, right? Click it and change it, and then we'll see. I mean, we'll see how much signage and all that. But I mean, there's they, gonna they be money involved every year. In it, but well, somebody was like, it's gonna cost too much money to change this stuff on the uniforms. It's like they get new uniforms every <laughs> single year. Like they update them all the time. Yeah, don't well, let that get in the way of the way you feel, folks. Now, I do wonder if it, I, I do wonder if this means that they're gonna change their football uniform in, in time. I, I think it might be too late in the game for that. And since it technically isn't announced yet, the old quote unquote au the old font will probably still be on the uniforms this year you might not see that until next year yeah i don't know we'll we'll see yeah justin where can people find you and hear you man 
You can uh, follow me on Twitter at jferguson.au. You can read my stuff at theathletic.com. Got a mailbag up today. A lot of... Um, what was your favorite question you were asked in the mailbag? Um, I really enjoyed a que- the, the question about, hey, everybody's talking about this schedule being so hard, but not everybody lives up to the hype. What team ahead of Auburn do you think might not live up to the hype this year? The answer is Texas A&M. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good questions in there, a lot of good football stuff. you got to check that out. And then, Do you consider Florida at all? I considered Florida. Um, I feel better That's about... That's a great question. I feel better about Florida. Here's the thing about Texas A&M, if I can get on soapbox super quick. I'm not sold on Kellen Mond. Number two, they lost a ton up from their front seven last year. Only Justin Matabuke is the guy coming back from them in yeah. their whole front seven. They were 74th in total defense last season. It's not a great defense, and they're having to rebuild a lot up front. Not sold on them super, much, super, super much yet. Um, I think they're more talent. I think Auburn's a more talented team than them right now. Um, but man, if Jimbo keeps recruiting like they are, they're going to mm-hmm. be they're going to be a juggernaut pretty soon. Um, and uh, yeah, scrimmage takeaways, practice takeaways, all that good stuff. Uh, and then you can listen to me on uh, ESPN one hundred six seven, ESPNAU dot com on the lunch break eleven to one. I'm there most days. And Paintor, same thing eleven to one. The Perf- lunch break. You right for the lunch. You right for the athletic. That's right, baby. <laughs> and uh, I'm at Paint Sharpless, and I love hanging out with you guys. Man, I love hanging out with you guys as well. That does it for this week's edition of the show. We will see you on Monday. This has been another edition of the Locked On Auburn Podcast. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.